0: This is the King's Court on Arena Sportsnet, presented by American Grappler.
1: i got more swagger
0: than Mick Jagger, more sex appeal than Vince Neil. All guests from all walks of life share their time with the King of Connecticut.
1: They are dreaming of just one night,
0: just one night with your man. Such as myself. Annie and everything goes. I am the King of Connecticut.
1: I was raised with class and
0: sophistication. And now, from Norwalk, Connecticut, weighing in at 230 pounds, if George Clooney had muscles, they'd call him the King of Connecticut. The one, the only Max Reddit.
1: It is the pernicious purveyor of preposterous bomb um, propagating manipulating the minuscule minds of masses of mysteries. I am your host, the King of Connecticut, the suntan Superman, Matt Granahan. I am alongside the golden voice of Chicago, the one and only snowman, Brian Snow. Brian, are you
0: there? I'm right here, Your Majesty. It's a pleasure once again to be doing this.
1: Excellent. And we've got another outstanding guest tonight. man is a professional wrestling legend. One half of one of the most iconic tag teams of all time, the Killer Bees. He was also a county commissioner in Hillsboro, Florida. And he's Iron Sheik's favorite wrestler. Yes, I'm talking about the one and only E. Brian Blair. Are you there? Oh, just sir, Let me tell you something. So, man, And Mr. Manahan, You're talking to the man with the plan, E. Brian Blair. You see, I've been from ocean to ocean, from coast to coast. I've been down from Maine all the way up in Spain. I've been from Ukraine, Ukraine and I've been all around the ocean, whole ocean, coast to coast, you know, north, south, east, and west. Don't ask me who's the best until I fight the rest. So I'm excited to be on your show. And even at my age, I'm still kicking butt and taking names. And I'm proud of it. Hell yeah, Zeto. You were down in. The Florida Keys about to get back out on the boat. Is that correct? That's right, man. Just here uh, with my honey. Get ready to uh, apply the stinger move, and then I'm going to head out on the boat. Excellent. Man, that's that's a great, great evening right there. I'll tell you what. The last time that I saw you was in Charlotte, North Kakaraki, the, the queen city. I was there. I had a booth with uh, our good buddy, the New York badass Phil Baroni. We were selling our gimmicks, as they say, at the table, and and only a couple of tables away was the one and only legendary Pete Brian Blair. What did you What do you think of the Queen City of Charlotte? You have a good time when you go there. I have a good time in Charlotte, but I have a good time everywhere. Everywhere, I you know, I I have so many. At the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. I was inducted in 2014 in Iowa. i be there July 21st through the 23rd. Uh, I'll be in Philadelphia on August 12th, New York, at the ECW Arena on August 13th. Uh, i just going off my head. I don't have my schedule in front of me, but I'll be in Hawaii uh, uh, in August uh, as well. I'll be seeing. Uh, uh Kevin and Hart and uh fun stuff too but uh most the things I'll be up in up in Canada in Toronto in September. Um I'll be in Indiana in November. I mean it's like a a lot of people would come in and leave without the clothes. I mean, in the three families that I trained there, the only three people that made it was was Mr. Wonderful Paul Wander, myself, and Hulk Hogan. And everybody else who left, I mean, I'm talking about Scott Hall, all the guys, all the friends, not saying nothing bad, just telling you the way it is. And, uh, they, uh, they uh, you know what I'm <laughs> good. You know, but uh, anyway, they uh, they realized how tough it was, and, and it was well, just that tough. Like you said, I said, it. yeah, man, and you know that that's important because I was uh, one of my coaches, mentors, best friend passed away last year. We we did a tribute on the show it was old Billy Wicks who was. Who was tough as nails came out of the, the carnies, and, yeah, and and and, and, and to that, that, that toughness in you, you, know, the professional wrestlers, and, and and that's that's something that you think that that's kind of lacking today with the with the guys now. Absolutely, the guys now have no clue. They don't even have a clue. They have no idea what we went through. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll, I'll say that you know NXT. It's difficult in a lot of ways, but they, the guys now got to learn to read a script. They've got a coach. Each Booker is like a coach now. The booker, We had one Booker. The Booker gave you a finish, and that was it. And you got your finish, and you did the thing, and you went on to the next town. And they tell you whether they liked your match or didn't like your match, and you know if you had too many of them didn't like, that you will not be there, you know. But... Nowadays, everything is smooth. It's a delight to but I'm not saying the guys that uh, earlier like they didn't pay some kind of price because they can. It's, it's nothing like uh, Billy Wicks, like a Matt Matson, like a Carl Gotch, like you know going through those kind of schools, uh, you know, with Billy Robinsons and. A W A. You know everybody had their hit band that they had. We learned MMA before MMA was cool. Absolutely, I, you know that was one of the things I did a book. I should get you a copy. I got to get more copies. I just sent my last last copy to, to Pat Miller this week. I did I got to get more. I'm gonna order some more. But I did a book uh, with Eric Paulson, and Billy Wicks and Gina Bell did the forwards, and it was uh, it was a history book. It was called Rough and Tumble. And it was a lot of it was was about the history. We call the history of American submission wrestling all the way back uh, to the days of Farmer Burns. And a lot of people call this war. They they call it in uh, MMA double wristlock. We kind of kind of, really don't know the real history of professional wrestling. Oh, they 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 don't understand that those pioneers that worked in the comedy shows and took on the tough men of the town and you know kicked their asses or they wouldn't be working and the guys that you know worked out every day in the gyms and they they epitomized what the, the word scream meant and they could. Uh, you know, you take an amateur wrestler, a great amateur, take a Bob Backlund. I watched Bob Backlund, who's a very, good amateur wrestler. I think he was a Division II champion. First day with Hero Maxua, grabbed it, took him down, thought he owned it. All of a sudden, Bob was screaming for his life because, you know, he didn't understand that uh, see was going down to you know, this is why I my first summer and uh, training back in 1976 and the 75, 75, I would say, and uh, the summer. And, uh, you know, it kind of blew my mind to see that because I heard, heard so much about Bob Becker. and And you really understand what that art is from amazing art Gordon Nelson so many guys down there that came from the Wigan school and that's yeah. yeah, cool you just said that because we had his son uh, we had his son out for an hour in the last season Gordy Nelson's son Steve Nelson from out there in Texas who who was uh in UWfi and then started uh, with, uh, a really cool promotion out in Amarillo that was a MMA promotion was under pro wrestling because they didn't allow MMA out there. That, that developed a lot of big stars um, that went on to the uh, went on to the UFC. So yeah, that that was really cool to have Steve Nelson on and talking about his dad. And he talked a lot about Barry. He's really close to. He was really close to Barry Funk, also. But yeah, what, what a great history and people that, that are listening. Most people that listen to our show. I don't know what i should say most because we do a lot of comedy entertainment stuff. So people might not understand that the, the the style of techniques that came out of the carnies, the whole idea of the carnies, they were in a lot of tough Midwestern towns where guys knew wrestling. But they did not know the hooks for the submission holds um, that could end the end the fight quickly, end the match quickly, and that was that was really where professional wrestling came out of. and And I encourage people to read. We'll get to, we'll get you a copy. I got some more more copies coming from um, from Minnesota from Eric Paulson. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get you a copy. But everybody, check out Rough and Tumble, the book I did with with Eric. It really chronicles all this history. Wow, that sounds incredible. I would love to read that. That's got to be uh you know sit down don't get you know don't get up get down don't get up kind of book. Yeah, I man, people loved it, and I, and I really appreciate all the feedback. It was written over ten years ago, but it's a timeless, it's a history book, so it doesn't have to be current, you know. Uh, which is which is awesome, but man, you got some some great stuff coming up here with the retrospectives on the Killer Beast. Tell everybody about that. Well, we've got the. Um, the Killer Bees comic book uh, coming up. Uh, the first issue should be out by the time they listen to this. Or when they listen to this, or as they listen to this, um, the, uh, the, uh, we had a Kickstarter campaign, which is actually still going. Which is Kickstarter the Killer Bees at Kickstarter. dot com. Um, it, it's awesome to you know, to see the real-life story illustrated in a comic book. And, you know, it comes out as how the killer bees came about, you know, how we grew up in two separate issues, one for Jumpin' Jim, one for D. Brian Blair. And it, then it, the third issue starts out when Hulk Hogan is introducing us in Banford, Ontario, which is a true story. And we hadn't met, met each other. And, um, you know, George Scott came up to us and said, Vince wanted, uh, you know, they will just knew me from junior from less than four for his dad. And, um, uh, uh, they've heard of Jim. So of course with Greg Gunner, the high flyer flyer is a great AWA tag team, uh, combination. And, um, uh, World Tag Team Champions and uh, that's when the territories were breaking up and Hogan came and to New York and was helping Vince try to break up the territories even you know better. Vince would give him an assignment and you know he did it so he called me in Florida. I'm on my way to uh West Palm Beach to a sold out house working against Rick recruit. And uh, lays out the whole plan to go to the rock. He had already told me about Jim Gonzalez We went and met and got in a uh, uh, television taping place at benefit Ontario. George Scott says, uh, uh, listen, guys, that uh, we talked a little while, Jimmy and I, just to get to know each other and, uh, and on a personal basis. And George says, uh, we need a catchy name. So I said, uh, we both said, we both questioned it. We're kind of catching name? We'll, well, you know, you guys think of something. We got 45 minutes. It's wants Something. <laughs> Give him something. So uh, he went over to talk to somebody. I don't know if it was George Steele. Right? It seems like it was George Steele. Um, as my memory serves me right, and right to the left of us was Leaping Lanny Puffo, and all of a sudden he emerges with a pair of these. Uh, no, before that. Right before that, I said uh, to Jimmy, I said, you ever heard of the, you know, I'm the big 90s off fan, I'm like the Killer Bees, you ever heard of the Killer Bees defense? And he said, yeah, 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 I said, Blair Brunzel, it kind of makes sense for Killer Bees to get over, well, see what's worse, said, it's okay with me. And uh, uh, as we did that, Lanny came out with that pair of tights, and Jimmy laughed, and, kind of and George Kennedy, and Killer Beans. I like that. Let me, let me ask Vince, so he doesn't ask Vince, and comes back. Oh, Vince loves it. It's great. You're now the Killer Beans. <laughs> That's how the Killer Beans came about, and uh, it's pretty cool. Awesome. I remember that, that mass confusion that you guys used to do. That was that was pretty cool. You had similar body styles. Who came over? Did you guys come up with that yourself? No. Billy Redd. I always tell the truth. <laughs> I love it, tell the truth you know, when uh it'll set you free. But uh Billy Red Lions, what a great guy. And he was a great performer in his day. Uh and he was also a good wrestler. Good yeah. job. Um in uh, we were doing tapings in uh, Hamilton or Ontario. Yeah, ha- Ontario. And uh Toronto. And uh Billy Red does you know, you guys are about the same size and my brother and I just skimming or we were heels, we put on a mask and we'd switch. But I think you guys could do that as baby faces and get away with it when the heel gets in the feet. And we said, Wow, I like it. You know I mean? Buzz like it, I like it, we like it. And so Billy Red Lions came up with the mask. Uh, thing and uh, where mass confusion came from, I, I really don't know. To this day, I don't know who it was. I, I hear everybody t- playing for it, but I really can't swear that one person I know it wasn't me uh, that came up with mass confusion, and maybe it was Jimmy. Uh, maybe I don't know. It might have been Gorilla Monsoon and uh, Gene Oprah, and was Yeah. We did that, but it just, all of a sudden, after the first time, it became mass confusion. Yeah, it's funny, because we're honest about it. You don't just take credit for it. <laughs> but, man, you guys had a good... That was such a great time in, in WS, too. It was. It's great to go into the life of things when you've got guys like the people, and in March 1st, June 4th, John Thomas, me. I had one of his last matches. I mean, his grandfather's last match. So, you know, that was all good stuff. It was great stuff, actually. And, uh, you know, these guys still get it. I mean, you got guys that still can go out there, you know, that run old-school wrestling, that are uh, working in new school, um, that understand... You know how to go out there with nothing they don't even have to they don't have to have a there and uh, you know listen to the crowd because yeah. every, every crowd is different the crowd in Boston is, is not the same as, as um, the Bahamas Especially when you go into third world countries and other countries, you know, and it's different. You've got to be able to listen to the crowd. You've got to be able to know how to sell when it's time to sell, how to how to tell a story, how to you know, how to make the the baby face out wrestles the heel, and that's what gives the heel a reason to be a heel. Yeah, you know, well he has to cheat because he can't out wrestle the baby face. But should be no punches thrown. There should be nothing done until that happens. And that's old-school psychology that people don't realize. It's like a yeah. human, uh, contest right now. It's like a pinball or whatever contest. Dang, dang, yeah, it is. The heels don't, don't even really cheat anymore. God. You know, real heat, I haven't seen real heat in a long, long time. I'm talking about heat with people are coming in the ring. And even in sports entertainment, you can get heat like that still if you know how to do it right yeah absolutely but, it's a, but I don't think they necessarily want to get it much anymore they're, they're really they don't cheat I think everybody kind of wants to be everybody kind of wants to be cheered uh, you know well, you know, I, I, I guess they do um, which is unfortunate because you you gotta have you gotta have some good you gotta have some good heels out there, man. I mean, I I done some heel stuff in the a lot of heel stuff in the Indies. I always want to be a heel, and the first I, I had to be a babyface when I went back to my old high school as a fundraiser for our wrestling team, and they wanted us to get new. They wanted they contacted me. The new coach contacted me to come in and do it. I came in with Dan Severn, and he was in the a match before mine, and I wrestled the guy from. Uh, Ring of Honor, cauliflower chase, Brown. That I really want to put over because he was he 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 was great. But um, we uh, I had to be a baby face. Obviously, I'm coming into my hometown and I was a star wrestler there, so I had to wear the singlet like underneath my. So I, it was it was weird because I love to be booed. Whenever <laughs> I've done pro wrestling, I love to be booed. Yeah, you, you, well, you, you know, on that the uh, you mentioned Dan Sedlin. he. Uh, a lot of people had a hard time working with him, but he came in to Tampa, Florida, right after Steve Kern and I did an angle and they popped Howard Brody's new NWA promotion and sold out Tampa, even though it was only twelve hundred people. That was a sellout there that with his promotion and Dan Severin came and I worked with Dan and had just a tremendous match with him because we had, and Dan got it. You know I mean? We had a great wrestling match and people were clapping and they were happy. And when he finally uh, as the heel, realized he could not wrestle the babyface, let's let me be put an asterisk to that and said could have made me submit when he wanted me to (laughs) probably but he knew how to he knew how to be a heel but but he was learning how to be a heel and you know we went pat to pat and in and out and in and out and holes that people never saw before moves and and switches and sit outs and and just all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, getting out of a front face slot from a double wrist spot, um, you know, to arm bar. You know, I know they all have new names now, but things the easy names that we called them then. Um, you know, that it was all fun until finally, you know, he when the referee went to breakers in the ropes he kicked me in the, in the lower abdomen. And uh started hitting me with forearms and forearms and forearms, and uh slamming me and dropping elbows and doing crap to me that uh you know put my my throat on the rope, and yeah, things like that, and got heat He went from that beautiful technical, uh, technical wrestler into the to the heel that he knew how to be, and it was great. So when it was time to make a comeback, he gave me a great comeback, and we had a great match. Yeah, that's awesome. He turned it into the beastly heel. Yeah, Dan is a, is a very close friend of mine. So I've been doing wrestling clinics with him for years, the amateur clinics, and uh, we do stand-up comedy together, which is pretty funny. Uh, he was our first guest on the show when, when Brian approached me about doing this show a year and a half ago, and we did nothing but comedy. It was a an hour of comedy and I'll send that to you because people don't realize how funny Dan is. I bet he is and you know Lynn Denton was telling me about that at the Cauliflower Alley Club um, uh, you know uh, Len Denton, I don't know where he got it from, but the Grappler uh, Nick but Lynn, he was my actually my first tag team partner with Bill Watts uh, in Mid-South um, and uh, anyway what I was going to say is that I think the most important message, if any message gets out today, is how important the Cauliflower Alley Club is. It's the only 501c3 charity. Brickhouse Brown, I'll mention his name because he's going to be one of our faces at CAC. Came down with uh, never got a colonoscopy. Didn't get it physicals and stuff like he should have, when he was 50, 57, comes, uh, comes out of this stage 2 prostate cancer, Life leaves him. Now he's got stage 4 prostate cancer. No, no money, but waiting to get on disability, doesn't have anything. But the Cauliflower Alley Club comes in and they don't give him a loan. They give him money that he needs to pay his doctor bills, to pay his rent, to pay the things. And we do that for more of the guys than you could imagine. And we want to start bringing, hopefully we're going to strike a a relationship with UFC maybe and try to broaden our horizons and um, help as many people as possible. I'm the the president and the CEO and I I pay for my own airfare uh, for my own hotel, for my own banquet tickets. Everybody does that. We're 53 years old this year uh, on on um, uh, May 30th, 2018, we have a reunion in Las Vegas. May 30th, April 1st and 2nd, there'll be a Theatrical yeah. reunion, and we have such major stars and people that come there to the
0: Reunion, it's awesome.
1: I I was there two years ago with Phil, Phil Broney and Jerry Bur- Jerry I'm sure you know Jerry. Uh, Jerry, he 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 was uh, um, there with his son. Well, um, yeah, Wesley. Uh, Jack was my best friend. Oh, awesome. I did, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, Jared Briscoe's great, dude. He's, he's, he's actually – he recruits a lot from the NCAA tournaments. And there's a kid that I coached, T.J. Dudley, that he's, he's like, really <laughs> interested in, you know, for, for recruiting because um, the kid's got the look. He looks like a Sheldon Benjamin. I'm um, very similar to some Benjamin. He's um he's been I've been talking to Jerry about I sent one guy down there, Joel Kazowski, to NXT tryout last year. Um, so yeah, I talked to Jerry Jerry quite a bit. I didn't realize that Jack Briscoe was phenomenal. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time was Jack Briscoe. I didn't realize you were so uh such a, a student of the game yourself, man. I mean that's amazing. Um you know, the history that you have. And the uh, ability that you have, I had heard before, but I'd never really, you know, had to speak to you so with such broad uh, words. And, yeah, that's why it's yeah. great to have great to have you on. Because when we were at when we were at the, we were at, at the um, fan fest, I was working the table with Phil, and we were going back. We didn't really get to talk to too many. The only one we really got to spend a lot of time with was RVD. Uh, so, Was was out, and we talked to we we talked to you a little bit, and we talked to uh, well, Jared was there. We talked to Jared Briscoe. I didn't get a chance to talk to you that much when when we were there. Are you actually? I think it's canceled this year. I was there last year too, but I don't think he's doing it this year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure really. Um, I I have something coming up in Charlotte in the next six months. Not sure where it is. Uh, because again I don't have my book and I got to get going too quick to the boat. But, uh... yeah, well, actually, I wanted to turn it over to Brian, to Mr. Brian Snow, my my producer oh, and co-host. He's been uh and, and have him ask some questions because he's a huge Killer Bees fan.
0: I am. Okay. I am. I love the love the killer. I love the Killer Bees back in the day. And my question to you: How much fun was it working with Jumpin' Jim?
1: Something just great. I mean, you know, here you got the Minnesota State High Jumping Championship, a oh, white boy. <laughs> 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 no, I, I got told I'm the farthest thing from president. The whole, world, but it's, you know, it, it stems from that old thing that uh, white guys can't jump or whatever that is. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was an old, it's an old joke, and uh, you know, everybody, I don't care what color you were. You know everybody respected Jimmy's dropped it because he could literally stand up and drop kick a six foot four guy right in the face from a stand up, not a running, but a stand up nice. kick, oh. just out of just out of nowhere, and hit him parallel right in the face. You know how hard that is. I mean, you gotta imagine. And so, but more than that, Jimmy's a he's a family man. He's a he's a good man. He's an honest man. He's a God fearing man. He's you know, I, I've been with Jimmy, I don't know how many years. we never had a fight. we never had an argument. There's a lot of times we got tired about, about you know, 300 days a year on the road together. And mm-hmm. You get tired of each other's face and same old conversation sometimes. So you want to, you know, maybe stay with somebody else and the you know, we used to heal rooms, and <laughs> that's another story. You know, you check in for one, and two people go to the room. But we we learned about saving our money, and, you know, that was what the old-timers always said to us, the number one thing. Save your money, kids. Save your money, kids. Save your money. So that that's one thing I'm grateful for. You know, i don't have to worry about my le- electric bill. And, uh, you know, I have a good time. And, um, you know, my wife and I go to a lot of places. We do a lot of things, and... But uh, and Jimmy and Mary and uh, Tony and I, we've done all kinds of things together, and we're, we're still buds. We talk all the
0: time. That's great, man. And as far as your foundation, the Cauliflower Alley, I'm going to share this, and uh, uh, the king knows this. I lost my dad to prostate cancer 10 years ago. And when you started talking about the Cauliflower Alley, I immediately became interested And I want to use this time to encourage the men, get your prostate checked and do it often because you never know when it it was going to hit you. My dad became sick in 1991 and he fought the prostate cancer up until the day he died in 2007. So with y'all's permission, I would love nothing more than on my network to promote the Cauliflower Alley and just help spread the word and get the word out to the men that, you know, you have to get your prostate looked at and taken care of because too many men are dying out because of prostate cancer.
1: Amen, so man, I mean you you know that and uh, I know that and we need to get everybody to know that and it's a great thing that you said that. If they go to caulifloweralleyclub.org for 25 bucks for a year membership, you'll get four four color um newsletters that are like 20-some-odd pages of four-color great stories of the history of wrestling and modern times, what's happening now. Just articles written by different people and put together by Royal Publishing, one of the biggest publishing companies in the United States of America. We're very fortunate to have Royal Bucket on our board. Every board member of the CollegeLowerAlleyClub.org, every board member, is there as a 100 percent volunteer they pay for everything they if they do it because they love people and they love the sport of professional wrestling and everybody is eligible for money if they fall on hard times that has been in the business or made them they have to have made a living in the business and it doesn't matter if you're a referee or a ring announcer if you made a living in the business, um, and you're a, especially if you're a member, you're eligible for twice as much money if you fall on hard times. Unfortunately, uh, uh, we just uh, had a young lady that um, needed a lot of help that we were fortunate to um, uh, to help that just passed away. Uh, Diane B- Warren Hoffman, who was a female wrestler, and um, my her, but. Yeah, man, get those prostate checks.
0: Well, you know what? Not only will we talk about it here on the King's Court, but uh, with your permission, be Brian Blair, and I, like I said, I've been a fan of the Killer Bees for a long time. My show, Snowman in the Morning, will also promote the Cauliflower Alley Club. And again, this is a message to the men. Get your prostate checked often. Thank you,
1: brother. Thank you. Good news. Well, guys, this,
0: this has been a great show, it's
1: It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Uh, and uh, we just want to thank you for that. Enjoy your evening, and time out on the boat, and enjoy the Florida Keys. I will, and I appreciate being on the show, guys, and uh, I hope you guys keep rocking and rolling. I know you're doing great stuff, and uh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I wish you and your families and and all the listeners uh, health and happiness, and uh, just keep on buzzing. Well, we, we do. appreciate it. Everybody have a everybody have a great night. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Goodbye. too handsome for Hollywood, he's too sexy, he's too sexy for his own good. This is the King of Connecticut, Matt Grenahan, host of The King's Court, telling you to go to the Amazon Kindle store and pick up a copy of my new book too handsome for Hollywood The world according to the Suntan Superman With the forward by the UFC Hall of Famer Dan the Beast Severn He's too handsome He's too handsome for Hollywood He's too sexy He's too sexy for his own good yeah, yeah, $9.99, pick it up today, Too Handsome for Hollywood, the Amazon Kindle Store, you'll be glad you did. Mm-hmm.